Welcome to Dwelling Place. Thank you for joining us. We pray that you will experience God's goodness in your life today. Join us for House of His Presence Monday to Saturday from 6 to 7 p.m. for worship and prayer as we host His presence every day. about the temple and the glory and um, been looking at this for a few weeks and, and, and just keep going on on with this a little bit, um, adding a few things each week and eventually we're going to move to the next thing. But out of that has come this whole thing about uh, loving the house of God and, and rebuilding our love for the house of God. Now, now when I say that, I want everyone to keep in mind when I'm talking about this, I am not speaking about that replaces your, your temple here. I'm just assuming you guys understand that. <laughs> As Chris Walton says, you know, class, you've got a brain. Don't assume bad. If I say something you're wondering, assume that I'm meaning what you think. So when, I, when I'm not saying the temple is now more important, we're trying to reestablish that. No, no, no. This is still the, 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 the temple. It's the, okay, so just so you understand. Uh, having said that, there is that corporate gathering that, that really is being rebuilt as well and has everything to do with the tabernacle of David and the outcome is the glory. And, and I've seen very much so, and I, I see it even more clear today, the merging that needs to come with the church and the tabernacle of David to be that tabernacle that God has. So uh, there's got to be that merging. So anyways, in that, how do you get there? Well, in, in our anti-establishment society that's crept into the church and we've lost our, our, our focus and we've kind of made our, our outlook to the church the same way the world looks at establishments anywhere. And, 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 and people rebel right away to any form of established message or, or work. And, but yet God's in it. And he established it. And so what happens is that we lose our love for his house because now, like it was in Haggai, we get consumed by our own life. Isn't that what Haggai said? Or the Lord said, uh, you're just consumed by the details of your own life to the point that the house of God lies in ruins. And so as I read through this, I just realized if we're going to ever be able to establish and merge and become into that work that God has, then we really need to start loving what God loves. I really need to love, uh, it's not on the wall anymore, but, but the church. He said, I'm going to build the church and the gates. And a lot of people don't love the church. They use the church for their convenience because of our, our, our whole society that says, take what you can. And it, it's everywhere. And so pretty soon we feel very, it's very easy to neglect God's house. It's very easy to neglect the church and because everybody's doing it. And we already have a consumer mentality. And so it's very easy to look at the work of God in a consumer mentality. I get what I like and, I, and I'm not committed, nor do I really truly love the house. So, so I'm at the gym today and we had a great meeting today and they prayed for us. It was wonderful. I needed it badly. And, <laughs> and uh, I'm at the gym and, and these thoughts came as I'm on the machine. It's amazing how you can think when you're just puffing and panting and just, you know, sweat's coming out like it's in the buckets. And, and the thought came, what does it look like to love the house of God? What, what, what does that actually look like? What does it look like to love the house of God? 
Um, now, now let's, let's remember this. Remember, the rebuilding of the temple was important to God. Because as far as the people were concerned, they were just going to let it go. They were just going to put it on the shelf and just go, okay, sometime we'll get to it. It's not the time now, but, you know, let's just build our own lives. That was where they were at. But it was God who said, no, don't do that. Get back to what you started. I'll be with you. I'm going to give you everything you need to do it. I'll, I'll empower you. I'll give you, I have the gold. I have the silver. Whatever you need to, to go do this, get your love back. Get your act together and start building. It was God who did it. it wasn't, and we need to keep this in, in mind because it was God who, who got this thing rebuilt or regoing again. So jump now to the New Testament because a lot of people kind of go, well, but this is the New Testament days. We don't have to love that so much anymore. As long as we love this, we're good. But you know what I find? People who just love this pretty soon waver. It's funny. It's really weird. It's really bizarre how, how if this, even, even if your own temple becomes all you're worried about, it, it's weird what happens to your faith. You start to not care about other people. You start to not care about the bigger picture of the kingdom. You start getting very, and you lose where Jesus himself said, seek first the kingdom. And, and now it becomes, no, we, anyway, so, so we, we, we run to the New Testament, and, and I'm going to quote Bill Johnson, our great leader, <laughs> who we've never met. But I'm going to announce him at a, a, a conference sometime because I had a dream about it. <laughs> I, I had a dream of my, myself in a large stadium conference, convention or something, introducing Bill to come and speak. So, uh, so someday it's going to happen. Anyways, he says this. He says, Jesus is perfect theology. I love that. Jesus, do you understand what it means? Jesus is perfect theology. You know, theology is trying to figure out what God is, what he's all about, how he works. He goes, well, all you do, if you want the theology of God and how he looks and how he acts and what he's about, what he's like, look at Jesus. Jesus is perfect theology. What you see of Jesus you see of God. How Jesus acted is how God would act. The, 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 the attitude Jesus carried is the attitude of God, of his Father. Isn't that pretty cool? Jesus came to represent the Father to the world. And as the church, we're to represent Jesus and the Father to the world. So Jesus was without sin and he depended on the Holy Spirit really, really powerfully. And so without sin, he reflected the Father very well. So if you want to know how to live your life, you look at Jesus. He's perfect theology. Um, and I'm going somewhere with this. Because if Jesus did something, it's important. Now, I don't know if he threw rocks on the water and skipped stones just for fun. <laughs> you know, I don't know if those, those kinds of things aren't in the Bible. If they told jokes and, and played pranks on each other, I don't know. But if he did something and it's recorded, it's because it's important. And it's important for us. Because he himself said, I only do and say what my father has shown me to do and to say. I'm going somewhere. So back to what does it look like to love the house of God. Go to Mark chapter 11.
uh, verse, uh, let's see, verse, verse 12. We see Jesus here on his way to the temple. Um, he gets to the temple and he reaches Jerusalem and he goes into the temple and, and he sees it's not what it should be, not what, not what he thought it would be and uh, it was supposed to be. And so he goes in there in, 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 this, in this cleansing mode and he overturns the tables of the money changers flips things out, wouldn't let, allow anyone to carry stuff in there, uh, declares my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. You've turned it into a den of robbers. And, and, and everybody stands back going, whoa, where did this come from? Okay, so, so then now let's go to, um, let's see, where is it? Let's go to John 2.17. And, and the same thing is recorded there in John, and, and, and it says this. It says that he does all of this, actually made a whip here. This time it says he made a whip, so this was calculated. This was not just he went in there in a fit of rage all of a sudden. He actually did this. He actually made in advance a whip. He took it in with him. And, and then, so all this happens, and then the disciples get together, and they go, ah, oh, verse 17. They remembered that it's written, zeal for your house will consume me. So, so let's quickly answer, what does it look like to love the house of God? Well, Jesus was consumed by zeal for the house of God. Zeal, I should have looked at what it means to define zeal, but, but it's, it's, it's passion, it's, you know, it's zeal, it's excitement, it's, it's, it's everything. Let me quickly do this. What did zeal look like for Jesus? Well, he had an incredible passion for it right from childhood. Can you imagine that? You know, all kids are probably wanting to go out fishing or whatever they did. And he probably was saying, I want to go to the temple. I want to go to the tabernacle, whatever. I want to go to the, to the, the I want to go to that big building. <laughs> you know, his children would say. And, and so once he was old enough to do his own thing, they couldn't even find him. When they did find him, he was in the house, in the temple. He was in there just... Spending time there. So right from childhood, his, his passions, he was drawn to it. Isn't it crazy how today we, we get, you know, <laughs> are people drawn to the house? Are people drawn there? Do, is, is it something they want to do? You know, yesterday, i got to be honest, I was baffled. Baffled. People came in 25 to 30 minutes late for church. Baffled. I can't imagine if there was a service, Jesus would not have shown up on time. And I'm going to show you he did come every week. I'll, I'll show you in a minute. I, I, I was baffled by that. I mean, if you have a love and a zeal for the house of God, how do you come 25 minutes late? <laughs> I have to go before God every day going, God, I need grace. I need grace for how can you come to your house half an hour late? You know, if the bus is late, I understand that. You got a flat tire. You're, you're, you're kidnapped along the way, you know, held for ransom. You know, I understand those things. But, but think about this. People aren't late for work. They get fired. So the love for the house of God, it's lacking somewhere. It's just big time. You know, if I had said it was just once. But it happens so much 
John Finocchio posted something in, in Facebook. This is from Harrison, Ontario. Kind of a joke on Facebook saying, if we could just get people on time to the house of God. There is something going wrong in the body. Anyways, zeal would <laughs> say, I want to be in the house, and I'm going to be there in the front row on time. Whatever, you know, I mean, when, when God was pouring out in, 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 in Toronto, people were there hours before. You know, anyways, I haven't got time. i got to wrap it up. And his zeal was in his reflection, in his description of what it meant to be in the tabernacle. I'm going to stop there. I'm going to pick up the next time. But, but here's the deal. We need to restore the love for, our, for the house of God, and it will show up in how we live. And it showed up in the purpose for the temple. Jesus goes on to say, you're doing this, but it was supposed to be this. You lost your zeal for what originally was a purpose, and now you're doing this. And, and I think that's congruent in our lives. Zeal for the temple, for the house, shows up in our actions. So I, 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 just to the sake of being on time, I'm going to stop. What I like to do in these few moments before we come to worship, Rosemary, you can just go to the keyboard, is, this, is that we corporately just say, God, you come. Because through the rest of the time, we become individual in, in, in this sense, and we're all doing this in the room. But let's just together, why don't we even stand, and let's just say, God, you just come. We welcome you to come. And, and we pursue you together. And so this, this evening, Father, we thank you that these people are here, God. I know I'm preaching to the choir again, but... But, Lord, these people are here to, to seek your face and to worship you, God. And, and we, we know and we understand that when we're, we worship you, you come and you put a throne down and, and you establish it upon the praise. And so we, we corporately together as we start, we just say we welcome you, Lord, to come. We welcome you to come. We love you. Why don't we just corporately say, God, we love you to come. Because we know when you come, then, then you rule and you reign and, 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 and the kingdom takes its place. Everything in the kingdom starts to line up again because the king is on the throne and, and, and sin doesn't abound when the king is on the throne in the land. And so we welcome you tonight. We corporately welcome you to come, Holy Spirit, just come. Just come with power today, oh God. Come with power, Lord God. We welcome you to come, oh God, tonight. We welcome you to come. And as you come, restore each one of us in this, in this room, in this house, oh God, the love for the house of God. The love for that which you love, oh God. The love for that which you love, oh God. The love for that which you love, oh God. Restore within us the love for you, obviously, first and foremost. Lord, we thank you tonight. We thank you that, God, you're so good.